In light of the recent imprisonment of a teacher in Ireland over accusations of misgendering and recent Twitter edition of misgendering as hate speech, it appears a moral and legal battleground has been established and shots are being fired on a daily basis. A lot of it circling around the drain of pronouns. Who knew a noun simplifier would be at the crux of a potential reinvention of human Congress? Today on Totally Classic, we're gonna ask the question, pronoun or anti? I'm Brendan McNamara. And I am Andy Swindler. And this is Totally Classic, where we attempt every week to bypass uh, fear impulses and even push past our own cognitive dissonance in seeking to talk about as many of the things as people say we're not supposed to talk about as possible, as well as just explore anything together. We get to explore together from two uh, different vantage points, um, anything in the world that fills us with curiosity. And that's, I would what, that's what we're doing today. Suggest that maybe an alternate to bypass would be that we, we embrace and confront our fears and move through them together. Yeah, let's do That's it. I mean, that's, that's my instinct generally. It's like, there's a fear. I better, I better figure that out. And, um, and I think that's whatever psychologically, what we've discovered as a species, right? Is that, um, whatever exposure therapy is part and partial to the, the sort of accepted, uh, clinical, uh, path of progress to getting over any, uh, any extra trauma and fear. So we're going to do that. Um, so just know anytime you're tuning into this show, um, if you believe in trigger, trigger warnings, uh, I don't necessarily, but any of this show is, is for that is for literally like, Oh, if there's a trigger, great. Trigger warning is how we kind of figure out things we're going to talk about. A lot of times you're like, Oh, wait, I don't, that makes me feel unsettled last. Uh, so this week, uh, it's kind of about speech and I'm so excited for this Andy uh and I'm hopefully maybe I can even launch this with a question where it's just like um I'm fascinated in this because this is something I feel like I really I'm starting to feel like I need to talk about like it's not just something I want to but something I need to talk about where it's only even I've only confronted this in the real world I'd say like twice maybe three times where I was caught in a position of like identifying a person in a particular way by the best of assessment I could, and them saying they identified themselves a different way. And I was caught in a like, I don't, like, I don't know what to do here. Like, I do not know how to proceed. <laughs> like robot, you know, robot uh, tr tr trigger. You know, I, I'm triggered. I, I, I had a, I had like a, almost like a fight or flight mechanism where I'm like, I, and so I froze generally. Cause I was like, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't see that. I don't know if this is a, a threat. It's just a, it's a, it's an unknown. So it was a literal, I've only experienced this twice as an unknown uh, circumstance in the world. Um, and I don't, but in neither case did I have any conclusion out of it. I had no general instinctual conclusion um, and no, um, and I still don't. And now, and then since that's started occurring, maybe, I don't know, three or maybe four, four years ago, maybe it was the first time I encountered it as a, as a confusion. Um, it's become like a ding dang battlefield. Um, and so, yeah, I, I had a different outline for this, but my first thought was like, how did you deal? Have you had, do you remember the first time you ever identified someone in a, in a way that was then they said, oh, you've incorrectly identified me. And then you were like, oh, 
And then do you remember like what happened to you instinctually? Hmm. I don't, I don't know how much I've done it directly to somebody. And I imagine that would stick for me. I tend to be sensitive and not want to, yeah. you know, hurt people. Um, maybe there's one that's, there might be, interestingly enough, somebody in one of my men's groups, I think, um, uses they pronouns and pretty sure I, I may have referred to them as a he directly and they were pretty graceful about it. I think what's more common for me and my yeah. colleagues, particularly as I'm in the diversity, activity, diversity, equity, and inclusion space and social justice spaces and mutual aid, and this is uh, very front and center, uh, purposefully, intentionally. In fact, yeah. it is to center you know, non-dominant identities, marginalized identities in a lot of ways. And it's what's more common I'm feeling is when I'm on a team and we're talking about somebody, I'm in sales, so we talk about clients a lot. Sure. Um, and we're meeting a lot of folks who are in those non-dominant um, identities. It's quite common, uh, particularly with they, I find they to be a very ch uh, challenging, just purely at a linguistic, programming grammar yeah like, yeah like level and i know we'll yeah go, i know we'll go deeper but to me there, there's this there's like there's you know to me there's honoring honoring the identity i know that's what we're going to get into because i think we have different views about that yeah and then there's just the pure just neuro-linguistic challenge of of reprogramming <laughs> yeah. our association with us with a number of traits um you know, gender, biological sex traits, you know, because we are, we are categorization machines. We're desperately trying to make sense of, of, a, of a world where we are now yeah. exposed to, I don't even know, a hundredfold more information than, than our ancestors or more. And so I think we're desperately seeking shortcuts and categorizations. And so that's, that's oh, for sure. And that's even, yeah. even grammatically what a pronoun is you pointed that out <laughs> yeah, like, yeah literally what what it is supposed it's to, just to make it's to make it easier so you don't have right. to keep saying yeah the shipmaster the shipmaster the shipmaster he just say right. he. so there's there's what i'm noticing is when i'm talking with my colleagues and then we might misgender yeah. uh somebody that we're talking about, particularly with they, I feel like that is, and I could go a little deeper there if you want to go there, but like I, why, sort of why I feel like that's, it's harder. What I'm trying to say is it's like, if somebody is using a they pronoun, especially if they have what we might associate with more traditional sort of, you know, features or characteristics of, of one of the binary genders, that's to me in many ways is harder than if somebody was transgender and went all in on kind of the the other binary. Gotcha. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. And then adopts a lot of, features and characteristics maybe we might typically associate with that. I yes. think that's, it's just an easier shortcut. It's like the categorization machine, the pattern recognition in our biology is just like, oh, yeah. got it, okay. Like there might be a couple of little flags of like, oh, that seems a little different, but okay, got it. You know, I'm, I'm you know, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna roll with that. Um, but they is just, a, 
I, I'm curious. I don't know. I wonder if you've looked it up. Like, I don't know when we started really using they. Um, some of these things when you do research, it's like, oh, obviously that's a phenomenon that's become much more common in the last, I don't know, five years, maybe sure. 10 in terms of yeah. as a at a media level, as a social level. Yeah. And I know I think we're gonna dig in a little bit into like the different theories about why um why I just want to say generically why it's why we're more why we're talking about it more put it that way <laughs> yeah that's a good way to put it uh but then you know sometimes you you do you know you look into the research and it's like oh well actually the first real instance of that was you know 80 years ago or something so i, yeah, I have really yeah. no idea whatsoever i believe transgender as a as a as an identity as a as a way of being has been around probably forever in some way um but that's my bias i'll stop there yeah 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 in the broad, I mean, in the broadest application of that term, I think for certain, and that's maybe something we'll get into with the yeah, with the, the categorization uh, elements. Um, you did bring up a word that I think is the crux of this, and the reason I mentioned just a couple things in the intro, um, which to me I was like, oh, these are these are good flags. We could. I don't think we need to explore the incidents all that much. I briefly mentioned a teacher being arrested, uh, literally being jailed uh, in Ireland. Let me be technically accurate because I don't like it when people clickbait uh, about things like this. Technically, he was jailed for violating his suspension. Uh, so he was, but he was listen. He was suspended from school for quote misgendering a student, and then because he didn't agree to that, he was uh, he went back to school. He was like, "This is not legitimate," uh, which I understand. A, there was a court order. Yeah, that that yeah. was he was in yeah. contempt of court essentially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he he essentially violated. The, the the terms of his suspension um and that's why he was actually put in jail so it wasn't it wasn't a direct one-to-one -one. i just want to make that clear uh, so anyone doesn't run away and be like what um however it does highlight obviously a, a significant like uh that is still a pretty significant issue um that, yeah, that, it, got, that it got to that place essentially on him misgendering person and it, to me that connected to twitter having added misgendering and dead naming as uh, bannable hate a a bannable therefore so you can be literally like put in twitter jail which as i contend the most uh the most significantly influential to our culture at large and the closest to uh in terms of the the power and privilege wheel twitter is the closest to power uh social media platform i'd say in the world certainly in the united states of america um so being put in Twitter jail is, as far as like in the social sphere, is pretty is pretty impactful. Um, and also calling it hate speech, which I was like, th th those were just like red flags. Is like, hold on a second, we need to talk as a culture way more about this stuff before we get. Like, I feel like we've skipped a whole bunch of steps. I, and I think again, the whole point of the show is to like talk about these things instead of just like run off to our separate corners. But these things seem like manifestations to me of people running off to their separate corners and just being like, "We're going to do it this way." And they're like, well, "We're going to keep doing it this way." And I was like, "Wait, come back!" <laughs> well, a couple of quick things. One is, um, yeah, and, and you know, and even in that case, it, it does feel like this technicality to say, well, it was, he was violating a court order. And I'm glad you brought that up. That's true. Yes. Yeah. And we might say, would he be sitting in jail had he not done this? Right. Yeah. And not insisted to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, probably not. <laughs> so like there's kind yeah. of a correlation there. Uh, and then, gosh, I was going to say something about what you just said and it lost me. So let's continue. Okay. So I, I thought this was hopefully without necessarily having to parse out. Oh, oh, go, 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 go. Uh, 
it was, it was, I don't think like I'm not totally landing all my thoughts. So one, it was earlier I was talking about um, they and, and yeah. how that's challenging just at a neurolinguistic level. Yeah. But what I also noticed, and I think this is important, is the, is the reaction mm. is, is typically very discompassionate with ourselves. Like, you know, I, yes. and I, have, I have some of this, but I, I'm trying to like soften this a bit because I don't, I don't know that the answer really or even the best way to reprogram ourselves neurolinguistically, if that's our goal, is to, to berate ourselves. I mean, that's that's what I noticed. Yeah, it's, the, it's, yeah. the, it's the hand slap, the self hand slap. Um, and I just, I see that a lot. Like, because, yeah. and it is important to catch in the moment, but hopefully sure. with a bit yep. more like, oops. And then if there is, if it did harm somebody, which I know we'll get into, because yes. we, both, we both care about harm reduction. We, we, we see yes. it in different ways a lot of times. Um, so to me, yes it's a it's it's coming largely from empathy typically it's like oh if i've not not addressed this person the way they want to be addressed yeah um, but hopefully it could be more compassion for ourselves and then and then with each other and then even repair rather than the beratement which is often shows up like uh oh he i mean oh damn it oh I did it yeah. again you know yeah 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 oh for sure yeah, which listen, it's it's again part of our how our brains work. That's like one of the ways in which we try to harshly correct so we properly categorize things in the same way you talk about, because it's important for us as human beings in order to properly categorize things in order to evaluate things as threat or benefit, just generally, just in walking around existing, walking through your kitchen with no like massive anything around. And that's to me what these these um out external indicators suggest is that we've leapt. We've we've started to um, what is it almost pathologize or fetishize the the shaming or punish based punishment based uh, tactic to the point where now it's it's manifest in the outside world where it's not even something just like oh well that's how I'm gonna reckon with myself because but because public shame is important and you know I've already talked about this I'm not anti shame and I do believe there are social contracts that are appropriate and inappropriate we should always again as long as we keep speech free we can actually continually negotiate these things that's of course another aspect of this that makes it difficult but yeah it's it's taking the hand slapping where now other people are hand slapping our hands or instead of just like someone in direct relationship with the dog who pooped on the floor putting the putting the dog's face near the poop or what i don't have a dog so i don't even know if this is appropriate or inappropriate dog rearing uh, i've just seen people do it whatever and it's like oh you got to do it quick or else the dog forgets i don't know if any of that's true i'm not a dog whisperer i'm just using it as a as a, a pop culture reference folks i'm not advocating any anything in regards to this people are very sensitive about dogs so i just, that's again i'm just as we caveat on many things on this show just want to caveat that as well um but it feels like socially now there's not only that hand slapping instinct but a collective like how dare you again this whole like you're transphobic or blah 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 or like you're or this whole thing of like you're you're trying to race you're trying to say this person doesn't exist and then it's kind of like taking the face you're trying to like shove your face in the shame in the poop you just verbally pooped and now i'm going to stick your face in it we're all going to do it everyone around is going to do it you know and of course this happens on like online very rapidly where you know 15 comments will kind of like shove the poop in your face or shove your face in the poop or whatever and that's where i'm like it's in it takes the instinct you're talking about like it's already out in the world now that's how that's i, I would say in general that's actually how people are more consistently dealing with it um generally which yeah i think you speaks not only to maybe a a, a social tendency but an internal tendency that that has all sorts of uh, foibles so 
I know it's talking for too long. So let me turn, look, hand it back over to you uh, with another question. I'm trying to ask more questions this week. So ask me as many questions as you want. Um, so, but a, a lot of this uh, seems to center or circle the drain, not only of pronoun use, but um, I thought an interesting way to get into it before we even get into the courtesy element or the courtesy or what 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 is the most courteous thing to do? Uh, misgendering to me is a fascinating word. And I thought the Twitter one most especially was potent. And this is a question I asked on Twitter, but no one answered me. Um, using the, the word misgendering as a doorway into this conversation, how would, let's say Twitter, how would Twitter determine whose claim of gender is accurate? Well, I mean, I mean, right now I have my pronouns on my Zoom account that you can see. Um, so that's, I, what I think is probably fundamental to this is I think you and I disagree on can a, can a person decide what gender they are? Or mm -hmm. I say yes, and I think you say no. Is that, is that right? Um, I think, I, I don't, I've never heard anything theoretically convincing or rationally convincing to separate gender from biological sex. Meaning, and certainly in my own personal, speaking of personal experiences and usages, I'm 44 years old and I have never used the word like boy or man to refer to anything but like someone's biological. Like it's literally, it's a gendered word, just like a pronoun, right? It's a simplified word for a, for a specific, for a, for a specific category. You just say man instead of a biologically sick man. So, and, and again, that's, and that's, I had to look, look this up. One of those things we talked about, I was like, wait, is this common uses or is this just how I, I've manifested? But that's common use for all of human history until like somewhere in the past generation, like the biological sex and gender were inextricably linked. And it seems in the fifties and sixties um, is when it started to, people started to go, well, actually let's look at this more piecemeal potentially. So yeah, so then I would say people, yeah, people can't, it is, it is not necessarily a immutable thing. It's a, it's an, it can be an improperly estimated thing. Um, meaning there, I think one can misgender an intersex child, for example. Um, you could get that wrong, you know? Um, but yeah, but I don't think a person can change their uh, sex slash gender. Uh, any more than someone could change their race. Yeah, you, and, and even the way I said it, I, I want to adjust because I said, sure, yeah, yeah. Well, I well, I asked. I mean, the question is fair game um, in terms of do we believe people can decide their gender? Yeah, but in the context of you know, and I, I'm I'm fortunate to know a few transgender friends. Yeah, and now work alongside one, uh, somebody who's transgender every day. Um, and so, so most of this, I'm going to pull from personal experience, which in some ways is deeper and more intimate. In other ways, is not like some huge research project. It's more anecdotal in that way. So I'll just yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and in my even the way I said that, right? Like that somebody decides to implies that they're one day just being like, oh, it's just flippant. Like you know, one day, I, hey, I grew, I was born a boy, and one day I want to be a girl. And in my experience talking to folks, it's it's much more like, no, they they've always deeply felt that that they were let's just let's just for now to keep it a little simpler leave it to the binaries um rather than the 
um, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, yeah, you know, that's yeah. a whole other discussion I think we're gonna have, but yeah, yeah, let's say somebody is transgender, which means they were biologically assigned a boy, male genitalia, um, and yet. In my experience, knowing folks like deep, deep down, it's 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 like felt like a lie to them yeah. to, to present as a boy and and with clothing we would typically associate with a boy, hairstyles. I mean, all of these visual cues, right? We we probably all have some sense of what those are. Um, that it's a lie. That it's like every day is a kind of trauma. And Gabor Mate talks about this a lot. It's like yeah. The, basically you know we all want to express ourselves authentically and yet we all compromise that to belong in some typically that's all is yeah. trying to avoid that word but i actually feel like this one is is so broad as to probably be true we probably all made some decision <laughs> at some point no matter how minute it was yes. like oh, oh yeah, absolutely I'm, I'm gonna i want to belong here so i'm gonna just yeah yes like grape kool-aid who doesn't and i'm like <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Um, great. yeah purple's my least favorite but in this way, it's like this deep, deep, and 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 I'm a straight white man. Okay, I need to characterize that. Like I'm I'm speaking about people and lived experience. I do not share or have. So you know, I want to. Yeah, this whole show is just full. Of, this is like the caveat episode. Um, <laughs> and I can pass on what I think I've learned just in the context of us trying to grow and learn and explore together. Yeah, which is that it's it's like so deeply felt that it's like every day is like waking up and living a lie. And that had that carries its own kind of trauma. And then when they, you know, if they do, you know, come out and um, as transgender and adopt a different identity, it's actually their true identity. That's mm -hmm. that's how I perceive my friends who 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 uh, express in this way. Yeah. So it's interesting. Well, oh gosh, it's like three different threads that I'm curious about. Well, one is from that, so then my point of view, viewing that would be like, well, then the impetus appears to be a desire to transfer that trauma onto others. <laughs> if it's compelled speech, then you're forcing others to lie and compromise their estimation of who you are. And then if they don't, they actually are expelled or are harmed for that. Whereas if someone seeks to, I, I don't know the other part of it seems internal. And so you're you're see like in this case, we've already moved past internal into external. So the system of punishment is then if you don't, if you don't agree with me that I'm telling the truth and the the external appraisal of me was the lie, then you're a you a you hate me. It's hate speech, right? Now, again, I'm not saying people are saying this, but this is kind of where it's already been taken into the legal realm. Uh, it's hate speech, um, and it's you, you can't be around me or anyone, society, until you agree with me on my internal appraisal of a, not only internal appraisal of that, but then internal appraisal, internal appraisal of what gender is as a separate from sex thing, which again, we have not agreed on as a society. We're just, we've kind of leapt into the punishment if you disagree with it, but we've barely talked about it as a, as a species. Um, as opposed to, even just initially, let's say you felt like you were living a lie. Well, the lie may just have been of how you manifest your biological sex, in which case you, individual who thinks you're transgender, may well have an inappropriate assessment of what gender is. 
like you actually, so then you're like, I don't, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a man, but I feel like I'm a woman in all of these ways that I can literally categorize for you. And I was like, okay, but, but you're a man. So then you're just wrong that those are womanly. Like you're just incorrect. You just, you've incorrectly assessed in which case you're not, it doesn't make you a woman. It just actually makes all those things masculine, all those aspects, all those things of like, I feel like I'm a woman in this way and this way. Um, so like just initially, that's where my mind would go. Because ultimately, if it's a lie either way, then either way, it's a lie. Like if you're if you're compelling someone to say something that they don't believe is true, but they're doing it out of courtesy to you, let's say, or because they like don't want to keep harming you in the damage you've done, then then you're taking on damage in in altering your assessment of of uh, substantive reality, right? Which also, again, this is only slightly tethers, but I won't. Uh, but I'm just to link this into my thought. The the idea of uh, assigning gender is very atypical. We don't like typically, right? A doctor doesn't assign a gender. You, like you walk into a class and you get assigned a seat and you just like, John, you have to sit and sit seat 4A, row four in the first seat. Um, typically it's an, it's actually an evaluation process. So you've been you've been appraised to be. That is like, you would literally, I think for most doctors, right? It would based, you'd be based on if there's been any scans, you can look internally, but it really is just like literally just looking at your junk and be like, okay, that's a pseudo vagina with a really big clitoris. So um, you're in, a, I don't know, but, or that's a micro penis with a slight fissure. I don't know. You know, there's some confusion elements, but those, that's such a minute percentage of human beings as to like, it's probably not part of the conversation. And intersex has nothing to do with transgender anyway. So, but it just gets brought up sometimes. So I just like, yes, of course, I acknowledge that that exists, but it has nothing to do with transgender conversation um, in, in rational, rational speech, but it's actually an appraisal. It's going, oh, here's what I looked at. And the, therefore that's what, gender you are and then and, and both and and even just on birth forms this is how we've evaluated medical it's like sex or gender I've, I've seen forms with both terms on there they're synonymous in terms of medical usage or social social usage so then yeah i don't know so it's fraught with it's, per, it's fraught with peril to me but you're an empath so i know your instinct is oh i'm not i don't want to cause any harm here someone if someone has a response and says i'm this then you're just gonna be like okay well i'm gonna roll with that Whereas I go, oh, wait, are you? Is that true? Like, I'm, I'm not as naturally empathic where I'm like, wait, what is that? What? Is that true? Because it, it reaches an immediate cognitive dissonance for both of us because then we both think opposite truths. Right. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? That's, and that's, yeah, there's a lot there. I, um, to me, I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a false equivalency to, to even put those categories of harm in the same category of the same uh box <laughs> the same what am i trying to say when you i think what i heard you say is uh that you know for somebody to be i don't know or keep using this term misgendered which do we define it by the way i don't, I don't know so i think i don't think any i don't think anyone's defined it it basically would be saying oh. you're you're saying it would be misidentifying someone's gender Yes. In, in, inaccurately assessing someone's gender. And I think that's where your cognitive dissonance mainly is, where it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, like, like I, I can see you and I can absorb all these visual cues. Yeah. Uh, and in person, smell, I can smell you and like it goes because it goes beyond everything re related to costume, uh, what you're wearing, makeup, uh, physical features, anything. We've through our whole lives, we've seen people who are like, oh, 
you might you might for a second go wait i don't know that's pat right uh, an snl it's like i don't know if that's a man or a woman and then you something in you you know you just tend to know it's very it's rare to impossible that you ever find someone doesn't care what the pres what they're presenting doesn't matter what cues they're presenting you just you, we know as human beings and not with 100% accuracy i didn't look at it. i'm not checking anyone's pants right but but you know pheromonally and you get the cues regardless of what cues they're giving you you know what i mean right i keep that makes sense this is this is like a pretty dated reference but i keep thinking of that scene in crocodile dundee where he he there's a i think a woman an older woman with a low voice and he literally grabs her crotch yeah to, to see sort of what uh what's what's up there so you know short of that level of like social yeah, violence that I which in that movie was celebrated she was like oh that was great he was he was hot and i'm like yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I, do, I don't celebrate that <laughs> um, but you know short of that uh yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you kind of spelling that out because I'm, I, you know, one of my curiosities for you is like, well, well, how do you know? Like, if 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 we go your path and it's like, gender and biological sex are intertwined, and yeah. basically that's the that's the reality as far as this goes. You're either male or you're female, or in a very, as you said, minute amount of cases, um, something something biologically in between. Yeah. Uh, then how do you know? So thanks for spelling that out because I've been curious yeah. about that. From you and and I yeah. you know to some extent yes intuition pheromones I mean I I believe those things in fact I appreciate that because you're usually super hyper rational and I think those are those are more like embodied almost mystical qualities about being animals that um that are that are important yeah and so yeah think, and so I think that misgendering is a is a is an interesting term in the sense that it's typically used in the way I would hold it is I uh you know I have a friend who was born as a biologically assigned male uh and then at some point uh uh you know came out as transgender and 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 now they're a trans woman yeah and that um and then they're going to use they're going to want to use pronouns uh she and her yeah. and so misgendering then it would be if I let's just put it at a few levels of a spectrum. So yeah. actually, the first level would just be accidentally. Like, gosh, I've known this person as a as a, a boy or a man for thirty yeah. years, and that's hard. I mean, I, you I've talked to a few parents of transgender sure. children. Sure, that's just fucking hard. You know, like like yeah. especially for a parent, I would think, because my God, you've seen their every aspect of their biology <laughs> since they were yeah. born. Oh yeah, and I know. Even, even before, yeah, when they were in the womb. Right. So that's. Yeah that's probably the most challenging space. Um, so let's say there's like this accidental category or, or just very hard to reprogram the neurolinguistics. Yeah. And then I think we we kind of step up a spectrum in, into an, an, an intentional category, which is what that the Irish um, court case was about, where say, instead of just accidentally forgetting to call you she, I'm gonna actively resist that because yes. so, so both of those are are in the in like the, the woke camp. Uh, I would say both of those classify as misgendering. Uh, hopefully, on the accidental scale, we can have a bit more compassion about that. Oh, and on the intentional side, it's like that's why that's where this controversy is really happening. That's why people are going to jail and things because yeah. they're not respecting the gender identity of another person. Right. Uh, and and. That that, they, that person I yeah. think is stepping into in in many cases maybe all cases their their true identity, yeah, uh, 
and that's I know you pulled up some research about just kind of the theories of well that's even that's interesting because we are hearing more about this now so yeah why sure that? yeah 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 that's a whole branch we I won't go into right now yeah so that's that's one whole piece of it but then I think what what you're saying so to me the greatest harm would be in that in that category where I'm either accidentally or intentionally like calling somebody who has at some point changed genders or into maybe their more natural gender I am whether accidentally or or intentionally I'm I'm referring to them as uh, their previous gender so that's that's how I hold the definition of misgendering and I think what, what I hear you saying is well yeah but if I look at somebody and I just know in every way that they're a biological woman yeah uh, female and they are representing as a man like they are the ones actually misgendering themselves yes and and it causes me then harm to to or at least cognitive dissonance if not harm to be forced to go against my own truth and awareness of what they are um am i am i getting your characterization yeah yeah yeah, it's close to that yeah and so some of it does root down to whether gender and biological sex are separable um and again they're historically the answer has straight up been no so this is why the conservative argument tends to be this is not a real thing that this would be this is why the comparison is often made to anorexia that someone feels fat their whole life and they're like and then eventually they're like you have to call me fat alice from now on and then if you don't call me fat or if you refer to me as skinny then you're harming me because i know it doesn't matter what you look and see it doesn't matter if you look and see ribs i look in the mirror and i know what i see and i know what i've always seen that would be harm on a grand scale it's not just harm in terms of me like oh i don't like saying something i don't want to say that's that's one level which isn't harm that you're that also the person who feels that they are different or perceives that they are different than they are perceived as similar to their harm, but also it's a harm in terms of my social contract with another human being, which is to always be honest with another human being, that there, that it would be discourteous of me, it would be rude of me, it would be unkind of me, it would be hateful of me. So then I have to hate someone because they want me to hate them and tell them, tell them a lie. So unless I can, unless I can be appraised of the thing, then it would be, it would be deeply, it would be harmful for me as a social entity in the collective. It would be harm for me as an individual conscientiously. It would be harm to me, to my senses, to actually start invalidating my own senses as a system of appraisal of other things, which doesn't make any sense because the way the person who is presenting an opposite vantage point has done the same thing. So they're saying my senses are valid, your senses aren't valid. So then I'm invalidating my own senses, which they feel like they've been had imposed upon them. But when you're encountering strangers, you've never imposed anything on them in their entire life. You've never done any harm to them. You know what I mean? Now, I don't know what this Irish teacher or whatever, maybe he was a tyrannical teacher. So maybe this is, there's a whole system of payback going on here. I don't know. But even beyond the accident, there's the, the, in the, so the, I say all this only to say the only, I think you've summed what I've said very accurately, except in that the idea of saying something different than what a person tells you is in any way harm, like uh, is any way harmful or is in any way incorrect, especially when you use a word like misgender, then it has to be, we have to establish accuracy. And that's why I think Twitter is fascinating because like Twitter is a flipping virtual service. Like you, 
like there, there'd never be a picture or anything, or any, you have little avatars and you can write your pronouns in the bio, but people make up fake things all the time. There are people who make up fake celebrity things that says it's Obama. So, well, if I don't call that person Obama, it's obviously not Obama. Obama has a blue check. This is not real Obama. I'm not going to call him Obama or Mr. President or whatever. So on Twitter, you're just like, what in the world? There's, there's no way to, unless you literally get doctors on the premises and social scientists to argue this out, like that's a, that's, a, this is a huge question. So we've, we, and we've leaped, you know, again, we've leaped way past it in, in speaking about it, but it does go down to the micro level, which is why when I've just literally the first time ever, I was at Salt and Straw, one of my favorite ice cream places in the whole world. Uh, and very, I was, very good. It's so good. And I was checking out and, um, and this uh, man, uh, like six foot four dude, uh, very, very attractive guy uh, in uh, downtown LA, um, Salt and Straw. And I was like, I've been practicing especially for the past five or six years before that. When I lived in the South, I didn't like using sir and ma'am. I felt like it was imposed upon me. And I was like, I'm not using it. Since I left the South, I started to go, oh, now I kind of get it. When people don't impose it on me, I like it as a choice. So this also speaks to my nature. Uh, and so especially with homeless people, <laughs> unhoused people, I started using sir and ma'am as often as possible to constantly kind of keep, especially in Los Angeles, where there's a, there's a massive population of unhoused uh, people that I would call them sir and ma'am when I engaged them. So I'd make sure that my tone was not dismissive, but of respect. So then I started using that in my vernacular, uh, but that's where it began. So I don't always use it, but I just happened to use it that day, uh, especially in service situations, which I always feel slightly uncomfortable about because there's a weird hierarchy, power hierarchy there that I don't like. Um, so I said to the, the man who had served me or whatever and got my scoops and I was like, all right, thank you so much, sir. And he was like, I'm not a sir. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I looked at him and I was like, well, what? And I was like, I didn't want to get in an argument with him. I'm just buying ice cream here, right? And so I was like, oh, all right. Um, all right. I mean, I did my thing and did put the tip in. And I was like, all right. He's like, have a good day. Have a good day. And I was like, yep, have a good day, ma'am. And I, I called him ma'am, but I was like, oh, I was like, I didn't do it rebelliously and it could have sounded like ma'am. So I was like, uh, I don't know, uh, but I wasn't looking for, not looking for a fight or whatever, but I'm stuck in the, exactly the same experience I'm in now, which is like, but, but no, like you're not, like, I can't, I, it, you're not, I can't be convinced that like, there's not enough information for me to be convinced of this. So then I can't just do it. I can't just like do a thing and call you a thing. Also, I don't know you personally. Again, this is as with anorexia, if someone's like, I was like, oh, what's up? Looking trim. I'm not trim. I'm fat. I'd be like, what? What? But you're, but, but, but you're, but you're not. So I don't, I don't know. I can't. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, it, it like puts, it is cognitive dissonance, but it's like a hiccup because it's a, it's actually, we have to understand that using someone's pronoun, quote unquote preferred pronouns, it's actually a complex, evaluative, uh, ethical, and rational effort. Like it's really, it's really comprehensive. And I say this as someone who has a natural resistance to being told what to do. Um, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. If that helps kind of like explain it out as opposed to just like, it's immediately harm. I was like, to me, it seems immediately harmful to, to, to comply with anything. You know, and again, we've talked about this in general. That's my general credo, but. Yeah, and there's, there's um... I think that makes sense in a lot of categories <laughs> where uh, particularly yeah. how we started this whole show talking about some of the things around the pandemic. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder a curiosity, you know, I, I think part of 
what we try to do here is kind of look at our own biases and our own nature. And, you know, I wonder if my nature as a relativist is helpful, is one of the reasons why I adopt this ideology. Sure, sure. Yeah, that but would in be. In addition to, you know, being an empath and sort of being, oh, in, in some ways, maybe even overly sensitive about hurting people. Um, yeah. And we talked about last time, last episode was about free speech, right? this idea of editing ourselves. Um, so there's some, some, some question I hold about like, well, well, when does that, when does that end? Like how many constructs do we, do we have to like sort of reinvent and hold Yeah. generally? Um, yeah. Whereas what I think is truly at the core of this to me is just, yeah. it's as simple as like really, truly getting to know people. And, and as we would get to know any friend, we would learn like what, what triggers them, what harms them and hopefully try to avoid that. I mean, to me, that's part of, part of friendship or, uh, or, or help them grow through that or, or whatever, but at least be really deeply aware of that. Um, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, in this, in this category, it's like, it might, it might even, it, I wonder if it's almost simpler to talk about dead naming than misgendering. Cause to me, that one's clearer. And we've talked a little bit about naming and mispronunciation. I, I think this goes deeper yeah. than that. Um, somebody, I was just at an event two days ago and somebody brought this up. Um, and so I think the, you know, what I understand, at least from friends I've talked to, is that, you know, living living that lie of of the sort of assigned gender and, and the presentation of that gender is, is in and itself harmful and traumatic. And then when when somebody comes out, they typically change their name. Yeah. To be, you know, whatever gender they want to, that, that they're living into. Um, and so then referring to them by their given name and their former gender, their dead name, uh, can be can be quite traumatic because that kind of brings brings them back to that that state and and the life that they lived before. And again, not having this lived experience, I don't, I don't want to go sure. too. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, but but that's that's my at least high level understanding of it. And so to me, like, I wonder if is that clearer? To you than the pronoun thing it is i guess my just immediate instinctual i haven't fully evaluated this but just thinking on my feet um i would say if you knew anyone before they changed their name then their old name is fair game if you if you met them afterwards then how you've filed them it's perfectly appropriate for you to maintain previous filing and it is i think it'd be it would be actually i guess because this transcends into like who's aggressing on who um in which case, if someone has been unaltered and, and refuses to alter, um, that's not hateful. That's just like, no, I like this one. And someone's like, no, it's different now. You're like, well, I don't see it that way. So no, I'm going to, I can love you and disagree with your name change and I don't like it. And no, I know you as this and this is what I've called you forever. And I'm going to call you that. Don't call me that. If it's, again, if it's literally, if it's like ass, you know, ass hat or whatever, then I can, I can understand that. Um, but if it's not explicitly like something that could be evaluated from any objective standard as as offensive, um, I think who just whoever however you first met someone, as long as it was accurately presented to you, you accurately appraised it. As opposed to I thought, oh, you thought your name was Brandon when we first met. It was Brandon. It was like, oh, it's Brandon. But if someone met me as Brandon and they called me, I know there are people in my life who do that who met me as they've called me Brandon for ten years whatever. They've never called me by my correct name. I've corrected them. All right. Some ways I'm like, mm, all right, well, whatever. I'm going to 
I'm gonna make a joke about it. And it, maybe you're doing it to stimulate me, which is totally appropriate. Stimulating and provoking people is not harm, is not in and of itself harm. Because again, I'm a comedic person. So for me, I'm like, if you if someone has a sensitivity and a harm in their life, that's pretty much what I'm gonna make the most, whatever the worst thing that I know about them, that's the thing eventually I'm gonna find a way to joke about and, and joke about often, right? I'm, I, so I'm a, that's, that's my natural instinct of how to help people heal. Um, Tear the tear the muscles so it can regrow stronger. That's just my 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 intuition, my my natural instinct, uh, where my body where my body uh, sends me or whatever. So I don't know. That would be my fast and loose like proclamation. Um, you can change your name, but that doesn't mean everyone else has to. But I think it would be weird if you introduce yourself as something and you're like, I'm gonna go research this. Your name used to be blah blah blah. Like that to me was like that 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 to me uh, is in the realm of the aggressive. So if someone introduced themselves as blah, 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 their name's Doreen and they used to be Derek, then I'm like, well, I don't know that. So I'm going to call you by whatever name you give me, whether it appears, because I know my child, my daughter's name is Moses, which is a traditionally man's name. Uh, but if someone was like, mm, yeah, is it really? Did it used to be Marilyn? Uh, that, I don't know, to me, that that pushes past whatever line of like courtesy and harm. But yeah, but yeah, again, this is, I think, but again, I'm a liberal. And so to me, the idea of compelling anyone to do anything that they don't think is honest um, is that they can evaluate. And then, but this is, this is, but this is where it gets into it too, right? The lie, the living the lie part, maybe it connects to, it's like, how do you establish what the lie is? Because just because you think something firmly to be true, I think anorexic are a great example or schizophrenics, right? People are, there's people talking to me. They're, they know it's true. They're, they will attack you eventually if you don't validate their, their, what they perceive to be accurate, but it's not, it's not accurate. So then this is the whole thing of like, how do you, if they, were they living a lie? And I don't know, I'm not saying I know the answer. I don't, we'd have to go this on a case by case basis and it would take flipping forever, which is why you said your tactic is fantastic. You have to get to know people. And I think on both sides, you have to get to know people before you demand someone call you a thing the same way you just got to negotiate these things on an individual level. So the idea of socially being like, nope, you must always. I was like, what are you talking about? We're not even there yet. We don't even know if this is real or not is where, is where I am. You know what I mean? We don't know who's, is that, it was, were they living a lie or do they have an internal, are they just right. inaccurately assessing their own circumstance? And I don't know. It's, so it's fascinating. Cause I, to me, like what you just said about the name somebody wants to be called. Yeah. And I think I heard you say like, well, hey, if somebody introduces you there a certain name they want to be called, then y'all just call them that because that's that's their name. So I put that in the same category as pronouns. Which so I think this is the probably the the, the crux oh, of Oh, interesting. Okay. Between us. I'm just kind of like, yes. okay, that's, that's the pronoun you want. Great. I'm like to me, that's just the same categorically. It might be challenging for me for a variety of reasons I've kind of already talked through. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I knew them before or if they seem to be presenting differently than than that identity, um yeah. pronouns kind of match up and like, okay, well, that's kind of my stuff I gotta figure out. Um so that's that seems like a big difference between us. Whereas I think you're oh, saying interesting. yeah. Well, no, if somebody if I clearly know they they you know for today's purpose, I'll use the term we're assigned to biological sex, uh, which I think you equate with gender, then yep. they're lying to me in a way. That's that's almost what I they could they could they they very well they very well could be. Yeah. Yeah. I have to evaluate. I can't assume it, it wouldn't make any sense for me to assume that. Because this is the whole this is the whole premise, right? Is I can't assume that somebody else is correct when they tell me what is true. 
right? That's the whole, that would be the whole transgender trauma element. People kept telling them something that they knew wasn't true. So then it wouldn't make any sense for them to go around telling someone else what they don't, they know not to be true. You know what I mean? So that, that to me is like, this is, that's the sort of hypocritical element, which again, I, I don't spend much time telling people, Hey, you're a hypocrite, but there is a hypocritical element in it as, as relates to the trauma. So the trauma element. So, yeah. So then to me, it's, it's whether, whether gender biological sex is sound making, which in the, it's in the sense that you're just like, that's the sound you make to let someone know that you're referring to them. Right. That's all our names are. Right. Mama, that's it's all you're doing is shaping those more specifically. But I think pronouns are so are part of the social construct and they are, this is the harm element. If we turn those he and she man and woman into just sounds that we make, then we have a, it's, it could, this is a progressive idea. We could remake all of society and language in a way as to make it again better. So I understand that progressive instinct. However, we could dismantle <laughs> entire systems that are keeping people copacetic with it, with existence and have actually built frameworks since biological, we're a dimorphic sexual species. So it's, it's integral to our, to identify her as uh, um, classes of types of human beings from which you face certain benefits and certain dangers, especially because we know in our society how much more dangerous, for example, men are uh, uh, physically. Um, so then, so that to me is the harm rupture there of like why the, but maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm leaping into your argument and, and trying to, I was just trying to find a steel man, uh, steel man, your argument from within, as opposed to finding out what actually what you meant. I was just thinking of it in terms of sounds, like if names, names are the same as pronouns or whatever. Yeah. And I, a few things but about I, yeah, for me. I hadn't considered that though. So I, I'm, it was cool to hear you say it. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> on the language thing, I, I haven't seen a lot of people talk about the romantic languages or the romance languages in particular, the ones that are where the entire structure. Uh, yeah. Verbs yeah. have a masculine or feminine sort of form. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't. I don't know. That seems like even more complex than than English. Yeah. Yeah. This is why Latin. Yes, we yeah. have gender pronouns yeah. and things. Yeah. But at least, like, it's not like every single aspect. And and yeah, I think you're about to say Latinx, which would be a whole thing. But yeah. one thing, one thing this I think being closer to transgender people in my life has made me more empathetic, even about non-trans naming my brother so grew up yeah. with a nickname and then at some point he went back to his given name a more yeah name. yeah yeah and we we kept calling him the original nickname to your point like because sure. probably 30 years or something and <laughs> yeah it's like well that's that's deep that's just that's that's real deep programming but you know it's cool because in the last year i don't know six months i i actually asked him i was like hey you know yeah. what how's that going <laughs> yeah. well i don't know it was like does it bother you when I call yeah. you by your nick, like the the, the nickname yeah. you had as a child? Yeah. And he just said something kind of like you did. He's just like, well, no, like you, if it, you know, you all family and people who called me that before, like it doesn't bother me. It's a, I'm not worried about it. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to extrapolate that into like, no, 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 yeah, yeah, transgender or anything like that. But it, what I want to point out is it just even being in this dialogue with you and others and knowing more transgender folks in my life yeah gave me more empathy for where this phenomenon might show up 
in other mm-hmm. ways all over the place and yeah and that's really that's really healthy just to just to again now i know my brother better in a way now i know yeah. a little more about yep. what, um you know what what how he feels you know and who knows for all this time he could have been just sort of absorbing those as, as hits to be polite or or not to want to cause us stress or something like that um, yeah yeah but the last thing i'll say and then i don't know we probably need to wrap up but maybe maybe we could i don't know how many questions we've actually hit but we could do maybe one more one but but <laughs> uh, oh one yeah great so maybe this is a two-parter it's a big subject um but to me i think what it boils down to for me is like i trust people's truth like i i trust what they tell me their truth is um which says a lot about our natures like to me that's that's more about being an empath that's more about being i think relativistic whereas i feel like you well i don't want to characterize it so what how do you react to that how do you see the the world and see this oh well yeah no i mean i think this is one of the great things about the show because i I don't believe in the concept of my truth at all. Like, I don't think it it exists outside of like a cool theory, like a cool way to theorize about one's strongly held subjective perspectives. Um, and if that's all it means, then I'm like, oh, okay, then I sort of believe in that. But but I think the word truth is misapplied. Again, it's like a it's like misgender. It's like a it's a mis misapplication of a semantic, uh, meaning that truth is that which can be is validated, like validated reality, right? It's, it's like truth. literally. Yeah, truth is that which, cor- yeah, exactly. Truth is that which corresponds to reality. And reality is perceived individually, right? We all perceive it in, in some degree, a, mi- a mix of what can be qualified as objective and subjective senses, right? This is why science became so obsessively important to human beings, because you're like, oh, wait, is, is here a way? And you're like, well, it's not as objective as you think, but whatever. Here's a way for us to then evaluate collectively and collective evaluation is an, is imperative, right? Um, so then I, yes, I'm not instinctually, if, even if someone says, this is my truth, I'd immediately be like, I'm ready to not believe. Like I, that wouldn't, I wouldn't even be in a new, I, I would have a difficulty maintaining like a, a neutral position. And, I, and in some ways too, cause I thought Trump, I'm gonna bring up Trump. That's right. I love talking about that guy. Everybody's favorite person to talk about. I don't know why. Um, but I, whatever, the one thing I thought was good about Trump as president is I thought he was the destroyer of moral relativism and of my truth. Because it was something he even used in his legal defense, right? Giuliani was like, well, we all have truth. You know what I mean? Fake news, some person's fake news. Like he used it. And I was like, oh, he used the phrase. I was so excited. And so I was like, oh, this will kill it. Because most of the people I know who use my truth hated Donald Trump. And the mm. reason they hated Donald Trump because there was someone who, I mean, my goodness gracious, if there's someone who lived his truth on the grandest stage some of us have ever seen in our life. And you're like, look what that did though. Like we, in terms of like division and in terms of people just straight be like, no, this sucks. If you just live your truth and just however you see the world is exactly how you're gonna behave and exactly what you think is true is true and shut up anybody who disagrees with me. You're like, no, we hate that. Like as a, as a collective. So to me, I was just like, yeah, my truth doesn't, doesn't really exist. Now, my perception of truth can exist in your perception of truth, but truth does exist as a separate entity. But I'm very classic. This is why I'm totally classic. I'm very classically uh, Torahic. I'm very classic Judaic. I'm very classic Greek in that sense. And that the logos, truth exists outside of ourselves. And everything we need to do is, is to sort of scrabble to understand that which exists as a preeminent, preexistent absolute standard that we can only partially partially access or whatever. So to me, I was just like, 
even with my truth, you have to put like quotes around truth and it has to be lowercase t. And the, but again, I'm a, so that's where it takes me. It takes me into the range of the, of the semantic and the philosophical um, to say, yeah, I'd be like, I don't. And I think especially in the last two or three years, I'm as skeptical as, I, as I've always been innately a provocative person, I guess, sometimes on purpose, sometimes this is just who I am um, and who it, both nature and nurture because both my parents are nonconformists. Um, but I, I certainly have been more skeptical as to anyone's claims of what is true. The more and more I've been like, oh, wow, everyone's saying this is true. And then I'll go look things up and actually find out about them and discover that tons of people were just straight up lying either to me or to themselves or whatever. So then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need some, some evidence for a lot of claims, especially ones that this isn't even a case of like, hmm, that doesn't, I don't know. I don't know too much about that. But as to, as to something like gender or the appraisal of someone's gender, it's something I've done, of course, for 40, maybe even pre-birth, I don't know, for like 45 years of my life and be like, oh, okay. So I've been wrong for 45 years. <laughs> You're like, okay, it's possible. It could be a massive cognitive dissonance I need to overcome, but that's, I'm going to expect some sort of, there has to be an evidentiary basis in order to call it truth, he says in a long soliloquy. <laughs> well, I think it, it's evident that for whatever reason, I, I seem extremely liberal and basically like changing almost everything I've ever known. As, <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do that. And you're yeah. understandably conservative, like in that way. And yeah, yeah, I think you've called yourself, I think, a linguistic conservative and yes. but, in, but in, in also some of these social constructs. Um, and I appreciate that dialogue between us because, you know, the, I would say the truth is somewhere in the middle. You would say, no, that's not true. Well, it might, I mean, it might be, or literally one person might be correct, right? I mean, this is the, this is the enforcement of hate law. This is hate speech, or you hate me if you disagree with me, which would mean the the, the current narrative as it's progressing is, no, you're just completely wrong. <laughs> so of course I respond to that with, I don't respond to that in kind. I don't go, no, you're completely wrong. I go, mm, no, let's talk. Before before you decide I'm completely wrong in my appraisal, we better talk about this. You know what I mean? And it has to be convincing. And I'm a rational person. And I am a classic liberal. So I'm open to talking about all these things. I'm not just going like, you're, you're an idiot. You're wrong. But we have to, if, if, if the conversation is going to start, you're hateful, you're, in, you're misgendering, which means you're incorrect. You're incorrectly evaluating this thing then I think it's a nap. I, I actually think it was a day. I don't know how you walk around, why you're still, how you're still alive, Andy, you know, in my conservative impulses. I was like, how are you still? Cause then it was somebody be like, here, here's arsenic. It's not poison. And you'd be like, okay. You know, I was like, how, how, how more dangerous and deadly things not happen to you? And not saying I haven't had drugs handed to me and someone, it just was a pill and someone told me it was a thing and I just took it. I have done that in my life. But as a general principle, um, I try to live it as a general principle. And even when I do that, I was like, all right, well, this could be ecstasy or I'm dead. <laughs> well, that's probably a good note to leave it on. <laughs> yeah. All right, my friend, I love you. And I love you. I was, um, yeah, this to me was another tricky one because I remember in some of our earlier exchanges that I felt more like emotionally reactive to some of your mm. your opinions about this yeah subject than others um but as is the nature and the intention of this show i think we've, we've we've worked through some of that uh we don't agree on a lot of things 
and I learned from you and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, it's cool to learn from you as well. Like, that's the thing. That's that's all I, as one who would probably gleefully, quote unquote, misgender someone, um, I was like, I want to understand why you wouldn't do that instinctual. Again, basically, why would, why would someone's intuition, like in your case, this is great. Why would your intuition lead you in the exact opposite way that my embodied intuition would lead me, right? And then... And then trying to figure out, okay, well, how did you validate, as with anything, right? How do you validate your intuition? How do you blah, blah, blah? So like, to me, this is endlessly fascinating. So I wish we could all just keep talking about this stuff and try to really figure it out. Because I think actually the thing is, if we actually all talk about it, we can actually figure it out instead of just staying in this place of like this weird cagey thing, or you hate me, or I hate you, or you think I don't exist, or you think I don't know. I mean, like all that does is this tit for tat thing, just, just mutually assured destruction. I don't want that. I want you to, I want, I want all these people to still be around. I don't want the mad either. We're going to go. All right. I love you. Goodbye. Love you. Bye.